Curiosity motivates you to think and act in new ways, to investigate and to immerse yourself in any activity at hand. Curiosity also encourages self-inquiry, which has obvious benefits when learning and when leading. Curiouser, the new science of insight and innovation by Dr. Nancy Ellen Miller. Today we read from Chapter 1, A Beginner's Mind. Motivated by Curiosity. In the Oxford Handbook of Positive Psychology, Todd B. Cashton and Paul J. Sylvia define curiosity as the recognition, pursuit, and intense desire to explore novel challenges and uncertain events. But despite all the ways that curiosity acts as a motivational force in nearly all human endeavors, there's a dearth of scientific attention to it. Studies have demonstrated that the greater your curiosity, the more successful you'll be academically. But your environment can make or break your aptitude for curiosity. If students perceive the teacher to be threatening, they'll be less likely to listen to the calls of their own intrinsic curiosity. Alternatively, when teachers encourage inquiry, students take more risks and reach beyond their comfort zones. People who score higher on trait curiosity consistently report greater psychological well-being. Curiosity also contributes to a longer life, which Sylvia suggests comes from a curious person's tendency to pursue activities that are personally and socially enriching, leading to the building of durable psychological resources. A fine example of someone whose curiosity led him in a relentless pursuit to learn is a 16th century essayist, Michel de Montaigne. Maria Popova calls him the godfather of the blog. A quintessential Renaissance man, Montaigne was curious about everything. In his essays, from the French essay, which means to try, he asks all sorts of questions on how to be a human being. In How to Live, or A Life of Montaigne, in one question and 20 attempts at an answer, scholar Sarah Bakewell writes, He wanted to know how to live a good life, meaning a correct and honorable life, but also a fully human, satisfying, flourishing one. He was curious about all human lives, past and present. No subject was too mundane for Montaigne's curious mind. Why do people behave like they do? Why do I behave like I do? In his introduction to his collected essays, whose topics range from prayer to solitude to drunkenness, he warns his readers, I myself am the subject of this book, reasonable that you should employ your leisure on a topic so frivolous and so vain. But Montaigne was equally curious about his neighbors, his colleagues, and his pets. When he traveled, he talked to everyone he met. He wanted to know what was behind every human feeling, from anger to exhilaration to pride and vanity. Inquiring into the nature of dreams, he longed to know the secrets behind the functioning of memory. He went so far to ask his servant to wake him up repeatedly throughout the night so he could catch a glimpse into the mystery of his own sleep. Unlike many of his contemporaries, 
days, Montaigne never proposed that he had an answer to any of his questions. He famously quipped, what do I know? Making every attempt to understand, but never to conquer his own nature, Montaigne studied the world simply to see it and accept it for what it is. Despite his exceptional research into human behavior, Montaigne never employed his insights in an attempt to control other people. Instead, he used them to cultivate a fellow feeling, which acted as a cornerstone to his orientation to all of life. Montaigne adored stories of cultures outside his own. They gave him a fresh pair of eyes into his own habituated ways of being. He eschewed the human habit for judgment. This great world is a mirror, he writes, in which we must look at ourselves from the proper angle. He took a similar approach to his dog and to his cat, creatures to him that were endowed with inner worlds as equal or superior to his own. Indeed, Montaigne wondered if his dog, with his extraordinary sense of smell, might be better equipped to understand the world than he was. That appreciation for the manifold manifestations of life represents to Bakewell a system of ethics. It's a system that depends on open-ended, sympathetic communication amongst diverse forms of life. To quote Rainer Maria Rilke, Montaigne's essays are documents to the ways that he lived the questions. Live the questions. Don't search for the answers, Rilke writes, which could not be given to you now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. And that way, one day, you'll live your way into the answer. If you are a leader of a company, you likely feel pressure to come up with solutions. People look to you for answers. If you don't know the answer, you've probably learned to fake it until you make it. Businesses tackle problems, right? There's little time for questions, let alone living your way into the answer. Now, poetry might not be the go-to manual for scaling up your enterprise, but there's infinite value in living and uniting your team with more beautiful questions. My most memorable experiences from over a decade of leading classes, seminars, and lectures comes from noticing that answering students' questions never went as far as encouraging them to ask better ones. Good questions incite anyone's curiosity. Providing an answer often nullifies it. Granted, in times of deep uncertainty, people long for answers. If you feel like you're treading water, there's a booming market of self-help books, life coaching seminars, and gurus to throw you a life jacket. Throughout most of my 20s, I wanted answers to questions I hadn't even fully formed yet. And it wasn't until later that I began to see how even the most beautiful answers wore thin, exposing the more enduring questions beneath them. Always the beautiful answer. Who asks a more beautiful question? Writes E.E. E. Cummings. Barring the line, Warren Berger, a journalist from the Wall Street Journal, publishes a blog dedicated to exploring how the world's most creative minds have begun their journeys towards world-changing innovations. 
It led to a best-selling book on how to harness the power of inquiry to tackle all kinds of challenges. Google runs on questions, Berger reminds us. Steve Jobs made his mark by questioning everything. Business culture classically celebrates mastery, values decisiveness, and reveres the person at the top, writes Polly Lebert, author of Mavericks at Work. But top-down leadership may be a thing of the last century. In the 21st century, inquiry trumps certainty every time. Genuine questions unleash humility, curiosity, even vulnerability. In a culture where hubris has often run rampant, companies need more of what good questions stir up. Take the example of Vineet Nair, who took on the role as president and later CEO of HCL Technologies. Nair questioned what it would look like to take a chip out of the marble facade of the office of the CEO. For him, leadership happens at the bottom of the ladder. His management philosophy shifts power into the hands of the employees. But does that strategy work? Well, after Nayar took on a leadership role in 2005, HCL Technologies' revenue and income growth tripled. In a blog post, Nayar shares what goes into the daily routine of the CEO, who he prefers to call the CQA, or Chief Question Asker. After getting up early, practicing an hour of yoga, and driving to the office, Nair reminds himself again and again that he doesn't need to know all the answers to all of the questions. As CQA, he begins by directing his inquiry inwardly. He asks himself 20 questions. Many of those questions address how to lead a more human-centered business and let go of the need to control. Am I too focused on control? Am I obsessed with control? What things do I control that I should not control? Should people who create value be governed by people who control it? What rules could we get rid of today that would increase our ability to create value? By focusing on human beings, can I reduce the uncertainty in our business? For Lebert, questions that begin with why, why not, and what if, not only fuel innovation and transformation, but trust and involvement in an organization. They are subversive, disruptive, and playful, she writes. When a team explores great questions, it generates more solidarity, engagement, and progress. When a leader delivers an answer, there's little room for a conversation. So if you're a leader in any capacity, what are your 20 questions? How do you disrupt the old ways of leading and demonstrate your humility, curiosity, and vulnerability? Start asking now. Direct your questions inward. Lead with why, why not, and what if. Mindfulness break. Live the questions. Relax your body and brain by mindfully yawning and stretching. <sighs> yawning is one of the quickest ways to calm down the nervous system. Focus gently on your breathing. Just let your breath naturally come into your lungs and exit your lungs without the need to control right now. As you breathe in, 
simply say to yourself, I am breathing in. And as you exhale, simply say to yourself, I am breathing out. Now in the next five minutes, make a list of as many questions as you can. Write down whatever comes to mind and follow wherever your curiosity takes you. Your questions can be ridiculous. Resist any urge to judge your questions. Pretend that you're a three-year-old with no shame. Pause the recording now and write down those questions. Have fun. Now that your five to 10 minutes is up, take a series of deep, mindful yawns again. Remaining in a relaxed, mindful state, look at your list of beautiful questions. Ask your intuition. Are there any particularly beautiful questions that strike me as worth pursuing today? Circle those questions and then rewrite a new list, a shorter one whittled down from your original list, composed of your most beautiful questions for today. Put those questions where you can see them. Keep them in a notebook in your pocket, on a scrap piece of paper, or on your phone. Notice if and how those questions increase your wonder, your curiosity, in your engagement and enthusiasm for your work, whatever it may be. Or maybe those questions influence your relationships at home. And thank you for joining me. This is Dr. Nancy Ellen Miller reading from my book, Curiouser, The New Science of Insight Innovation. Stay tuned for next episode when we talk a little bit more about trust and how it's related to curiosity. Okay, all for now. Be curious.